Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Today I'm joined by Helen Pollock as we have a discussion around renting out a room um, either at home or indeed in one of our investment properties. So let's get into the discussion to see how we can make money while they sleep and profit from room rentals right now. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. So why would you rent out a room in your property or specifically in your own home to a complete stranger? Well, Robert Kiyosaki suggests that our own home is definitely not an asset because it does not put money in our pocket each month or each year. In fact, it usually only takes money out of our pocket. Therefore, if we can find a way to change this imbalance, then we can turn our home into an income generator and so satisfy Robert's cash-in-pocket assets test at the same time. So it's an easy way to maximise earnings and leverage your own property to or your own home to make money. And this podcast, produced in collaboration with Booking.com, is for newbies, but also for people who are already renting out rooms but want to increase their listing visibility. Booking.com is now reaching out to property owners and short-term rentals in private homes. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to have a chat about the idea of renting out space by the night or by the week, either at home or in our investment properties under the general heading of serviced accommodation or short-term letting. And we'll share some tips on how we make it work and and from our own personal experiences, that's Helen and I, um, of, of actually using this strategy. I've uh, rented out space in my own homes and indeed in investment properties. And uh, I'm joined today by uh, my colleague, Helen Pollock, who has been working with me on service accommodation properties for around 18 months now, and also rents out a room in her own home. So we're gonna talk about some of her own personal experience of actually doing this, if you like. Well, let's get into it, Helen, shall we? Uh, <laughs> let's, let's look yes. At, yeah, let's look at some of the considerations, particularly for the room renting or service accommodation newbie. And uh, probably let you speak, I think, Helen. So why should our listeners consider renting out space in in our home? I think um, the first thing to point out is that renting a room uh, out at home is is a baby step into property and a, a good way of learning about service accommodation, even if you don't currently have a property investment pot per se. It's also a really nice way to meet interesting people from all over the world for the host and a great way to get an authentic experience of of a place for guests. So I feel I'm certainly all for it, but it might not be for you if you're not really a people person. Yes, I think, you know, you're you're right there. And and, and not only is it a way to meet people and uh, and step into property investment, perhaps, as you say, a baby step, an initial first step. But it can also help to grow that investment pot as well, because you can take the, the, the income that you're going to generate from the room rental and you can set it aside potentially to invest in property. And maybe a, a double whammy there is that apart from the additional income you're going to get from renting the room, the tax man also has given some generous tax breaks here 
because the first seven and a half thousand pounds a year in, uh, in income from renting a room in your own home, and just to clarify, that's renting a room in your own home, uh, not other types of rental, uh, is completely tax free. Um, so just look up the rent a room scheme on the uh, www.gov.uk website. Uh, and there's a, there's a link in the show notes to that as well. So, yeah, make, make some good points there. Um, so, Helen, when, when should people start doing this, do you think? I'd say as soon as possible. Um, you don't really need much to get started. If you get your room and also the wider property ready, uh, because your room rental or service accommodation business will live or die based on your reviews, especially in the early days when you don't have many reviews. So I'd say that people may not expect five star hotel service if you're just renting out a room in your home. But there are two things that guests are, are not willing to compromise on in my experience, experience, and that's cleanliness and comfort. So your bedroom or bedrooms and any bathrooms and kitchens that your guests will have access to must be spotless. And we once found that out the hard way. Oh, you probably better elaborate a little bit on that, found out the hard way, <laughs> just in the interest of sharing some <laughs> experiences. I remember this case, I'm sure it's the same one we're talking about, what happened? Yes, we had um, a gentleman give us a bad review and, and he said that the bathroom in particular in the property was quite um, dirty and he did send us photographic evidence which did prove that so although we had a cleaner going in they weren't really cleaning that property to the right standard so I had to go in and give them a kind of cleaning masterclass of, of how to clean to a kind of hotel standard that's what it you know that's the standard you need to reach in service accommodation Yes, I remember I actually spoke to the guy as well because um, you talked earlier about, you know, reviews and trial by, you know, social media or peer review, etc. It's very important to get it right. And uh, I did have a chat with the guy and, um, yeah, there were some genuine issues that were there. So it's really important, as you say, to make sure that the comfort and the cleanliness is right. And um, actually afterwards, he was as good as gold and um, we uh, we sort of made up and (laughs) it was all put right. But it it gave us also a bit of feedback, didn't it? And we could change the uh, process, if you like, of what Mm -hmm. we did with cleaning. So, you know, genuinely helped us to improve our standards as well. I remember that case. But uh, what else would you say is important, Helen? So I think um, it's really important that your property is welcoming. Um, You must have decent quality bedding and soft furnishings. And not only does the bed itself need to be comfortable, so perhaps you, you really need to ask yourself honestly, do I need a new mattress in this room or um, maybe even just a mattress topper would make a big difference Um, but you really should invest in some high quality hotel style bedding Uh, Dunham Mill do a good um, range called Fifth Avenue uh, and that's kind of hotel standard bedding but it's quite reasonably priced Uh, uh, they also do soft furnishings which are sort of classy but um, Uh, not too expensive you're going to need at least two complete sets of bedding and towels one to wash and one to wear and that might sound like and also don't forget your towels yep I did say that Mm -hmm. um so that might seem a bit extravagant but 
these things will be washed after every stay. So that could be one, uh, you know, one night, it could be two nights. Uh, we actually have a minimum two night stay policy on a lot of our service accommodation. But either way, they're going to have to be able to stand up to heavy use. Um, and you should also maybe think about some little extras you could offer to make guests feel a bit special. So could you provide breakfast, uh, maybe showcasing local produce in some way, so local jams or, you know, something from a, a lovely uh, local bakery? Tea and coffee making facilities with a range of nice teas and coffees is it, um, a bit less onerous uh, if you're not um, located at the property yourself bath and shower toiletries for guests to use maybe something like a homemade cake or a bottle of wine or a little box of chocolate you know, obviously not all of these things but <laughs> just you know one or two of these will make guests feel especially welcome yeah i think it's this sort of home from home experience isn't it and i, I agree with you on, on many of those points mm. funny enough I, I tend to go with three sets of bedding because um as you said you did say at least two but, um, you know, uh, mm. I think, you know, sometimes they can get damaged or just well-worn. And, and if you've got a matching set, you've just got spares then. So that was that, really. But um, the other thing I wanted to add really there was that I, I like to have what I call a real-world experience with um, certainly my short-term rentals. And um, I know to some extent we're flip-flopping between renting a room in our own home and, and short-term rentals generally. But um, I like to have what they call a sleep test. <laughs> so uh, I like to experience, uh, you know, this and, and whether it's even myself personally or maybe asking someone if they could do it on my behalf to, to maybe spend a night in, in the environment that a guest might stay. There's nothing better, really, than putting yourself literally in the shoes of, uh, of your guests. Mm. A sleep test is also a good idea. But of course, if it's a room in your own home, perhaps you sleep there quite regularly. But it'd be surprising if it's a spare room. Maybe you don't. And you know, a lot of spare rooms can can be cold, uh, stuck at the end of a property and this sort of thing. So it's well worth just putting yourself in that perspective and just thinking as if you're a guest for a moment before you actually invite other people in. Uh, and just remember that you're offering a service. So um, that's what I'd add there. But um, I guess let's get into some of the nitty gritty. Uh, Helen, you're, you're more experienced with this. How would you get a, um, a room or a property ready to uh, to market? So now that you've got everything you need and your room's ready to go, if it's looking good, now you need to take some great photos. You don't need to go mad with this. And, you know, although it's brilliant if you can afford a professional photographer to come and take some photos, certainly to start off with some good smartphone pics will be fine. Um, what you want to do is probably buy some flowers, make sure that um, the room and the wider property looks soft and welcoming, a home from home, as you said, Richard. Um, something of sort of top tip uh, that I can give you is to turn all the lighting on in the room. And if you have any extra lamps and can sort of shine them at the room you're photographing from the door to add a bit of extra light, do that. It does make a huge difference to your photos. Um, I'd also say take photos of everything your prospective guests will want to see. So even if they're just coming and renting a room for a night or two, let them see outside the property the garden, the kitchen, bathrooms, living spaces, and any of your special finishing touches. 
take several photos of the bedroom from different angles and then you can pick the best of your photos and move on to creating profiles on booking platforms for your rooms. So um, I should probably mention at this point that I really like using a channel management system. And what this is, is if, you, if you've got a profile on several different platforms, so uh, Booking.com, Airbnb, TripAdvisor, HomeAway, if you use a channel management system, um, I've used Tokeet and found that to be great in the past, uh, you can sync your calendar. And that means that anyone going onto any one of those sites will be able to see whether the room is or property is available or not, and it'll be up to date. You don't have to go and update the calendar in, on each site separately because we have had occasions where we've had a booking come in and, it, you know, in the sort of you know, 20 minutes between the booking coming in, responding to the mm -hmm. guests, and then going to the other sites to update the calendar, someone's tried to make another booking and then it's <laughs> all, a, you know, a bit frustrating <laughs> for the guess and, um, and obviously creates more work for for you so um a channel management system is is a good idea and a top tip i'd say yeah i think it is actually and, and it's, it's quite inexpensive and, and i think one of the things we're really trying to highlight today is the uh, the advantage really um i mean certainly with booking.com coming into the marketplace you've got you know a massive reach uh, coming into the marketplace, but it's all about occupancy. It's all about you know heavy utilization of your space to get to the maximum uh, profitability, really, not just bookings, but revenue and profitability. So I think that is a top tip, actually. It makes life a lot easier. But equally, um, I remember when I've used booking uh, sites myself, and I have done, um, having having plenty of photographs, um, both inside the property and indeed outside the property. And even showcasing some of the local attractions or, or places of interest nearby, even coffee shops and uh, attractions, sites and this sort of thing. It does make a huge uh, difference, the appeal of your property. And it's, you know, it puts you ahead of uh, average, let's say, if you've got good quality photographs, as you mentioned, Helen. But also you just tell a little bit of a story. Um, <clears throat> there's nothing worse than seeing a dingy photo photograph of a sparsely decorated bedroom. Um, so we, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, we need to showcase experience a little bit. You know, that that's how people are going to experience what it will be like staying in our property. So we need to sell it a little bit and, and, and photographs are certainly a great way of doing that. Another good way, of course, is, um, is to use good descriptions and keywords um, in our, in our ads or our listings as well. So things like, um, secure or private parking, uh, free Wi-Fi, flexible check-in and check-out, breakfast if you're willing to provide this. Uh, they're all highly sought after and indeed highly valued by your guests as well. So if you call those out, then it's going to people are going to zone in on, on those benefits that your particular property offers. And it's going to increase the, uh, the level of interest and indeed bookings. And, um, and don't forget with room rentals in particular that we're, we're moving away, if you like, from sterile you know, um, hotels, uniform hotels and guest houses into more of this home from home type of concept, as we've been saying. And, uh, and people like this idea. And, and that's why uh, there's a growing niche for room rentals in people's homes, as well as in other segments for full property rentals, along with the hotel and bed and breakfast types of concept as well. So the, the overall uh, marketplace for um, vacationing and, and room rentals is just growing. And the sharing economy, which we're sort of focusing a little bit today, has enabled some of this rapidly growing market to, to a large extent. 
So, Helen, this is this is a people business, isn't it? More so than standard buy to let even. So dealing with people and indeed customer service is really important, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think it really is fair to say that if you're not really a people person, then room rentals or service accommodation is probably not for you. Uh, You're going to need to give great customer service to your guests if you want to get good reviews. And as we've said, good reviews are really important, particularly in the early days. Um, So this is going to entail several points of contact with your guests. Um, I would recommend the following. So first of all, a message upon receiving the booking, thanking the guests and asking if they have any special requests and also finding out things like arrival and departure times. I'd also recommend a message upon payment if this is made in advance. Um, And we would recommend that you do take payment in advance to cut down on no shows, which um, can be an issue for standalone properties on occasion. So also, if you message a day or two before arrival, uh, making sure that everything's all right, giving directions, um, then that can sometimes um, help to uh, minimise potential issues for the guest. And if you ask in person if everything's okay just after arrival and um, perhaps the morning after the first night's day, that's going to be great too. And finally, it's a really good idea to uh, get in touch with the guests the day after departure, asking how you could improve service. So as Richard said, um, we're talking a lot about the sharing economy today, and that's all about social proof and social or peer-to-peer recommendation. A lot of your customers will leave reviews, and you want to be making sure that you've picked up any problems and hopefully solved them before they leave a bad review. So you should bear in mind that if you do service accommodation for any length of time, you are going to get the odd bad review in all likelihood. There are some difficult people out there. And there's also, there are also cultural differences and differing expectations to overcome. So um, I have to admit, there have been a couple of occasions where I have been quite cross with guests, mm. but I've had to stay calm and be professional. So over the summer, a guest stayed with us in Derbyshire uh, and I spent about 20 minutes on the phone to him. Um, I was actually on holiday myself at the time, but, you know, uh, you're on duty 24-7. So I spent 20 minutes on the phone to him. He, he'd called me to ask some questions prior to arrival. So we had a really good chat I recommended loads of places to visit in the area. We talked about his children. I recommended some good restaurants, etc. And I really felt like we'd struck up a good rapport. Um, And then, of course, I sent him a message when he'd arrived at the property, as as I always do, and he'd gone quiet. And I didn't hear from him again. He didn't get in touch with me again until he gave us a bad review. Uh, so he complained that the neighbours were nosy and and there was no washing machine. Um, we don't say there is one, and he was only there for two nights. Uh, so uh, among other things, but I have to say, full credit to Booking.com because they published my lengthy yet positive, I would say, reply, which essentially left this chap looking 
like a bit of a tool or certainly not particularly reasonable so I think as in this previous case if the vast majority of your reviews are really positive then the bad ones won't be in keeping and I think many prospective guests will probably disregard them so I would recommend being thoughtful and polite in your dealings with guests and just try and put yourself in their shoes if you get reviews good or bad you should reply to them calmly and with gratitude I mean even even if it's a bad review they have taken the time to um, put their thoughts down and you know I think that should be recognized and if you do that you'll look like uh, a a professional and caring host which is obviously um, a good thing that's what I'd say What's well, fascinating with the uh, the chap who wanted a washing machine for a two two night stay, or was it two day or two night? I'm not sure, but uh, not not very long. Uh, perhaps not very needed, long. Yeah, uh, needed to wash his Grundies in between. I don't know. But, <laughs> <that's interesting. laughs> uh, but yeah, you do get these different cultural uh, expectations or uh, different cultural experiences and expectations on occasion. But so be prepared, maybe for the odd bad review. Don't get bent out of shape. Um, but yeah. I guess we're in a bit of a bit of a role here, Helen. I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, let, let's share a couple of our personal experiences with some of the room rental room rentals that we've had and service accommodation, shall we? It's uh, just a bit of fun, really. Mm. Um, it's it's fair to say though, just probably to preempt this, um, it, it's it these sort of things only happen in a small minority of cases, um, but things have gone a little bit rogue occasionally, haven't they? Do you want to start us off? Yeah, they have. But yeah, this is very rare. um, But we have had a few funny stories. So um, yes, people often, one of the first things they might say if you say, oh, yes, I rent a room out in my property is, oh, don't don't people steal things Um, when you've got strangers coming in. Um, But actually, I haven't found this to be the case, um, not with um, service accommodation, standalone properties or with the room rental in my own home. With a standalone service accommodation, you you probably want to be furnishing it in what I would call a comfortable but fairly minimalist style. So most people don't want there to be too much clutter or personalisation in a house rental. But this also minimises the amount of nickable stuff so that, you know, this is good as well. Bizarrely, the only things that have ever gone missing for us um, in our standalone service accommodation property are two lilac throws. So effectively, you know, kind of decorative blankets that decorate the end of the beds. And not once, but twice. So the first time I called the guests and they sent them back after um, erroneously packing them up with their stuff. <laughs> but you do wonder how... <laughs> Because, you know, I've never packed up something that big uh, or anything, in fact. I've never packed anything up by accident. And I've stayed in a lot of places. Um, but then uh, a couple of months later, another one's gone again. And I've call, I called the guest and I spoke to the family concerned, but they reckon they know nothing about it. Um, anyway, it was a, a booking.com booking. And um, I, I spoke to them, uh, to booking.com. And they talked me through how to add a damage deposit to our profile. This is actually yesterday evening. Um, I called and spoke to someone straight away. Yes, you can do that. 
go into the um, extranet, extranet, which is where, where the hosts control everything. Uh, and here's where you need to go. This is what you need to do. It was sorted within about 10 minutes. Um, so I'm, I'm really pleased with that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've uh, obviously got some great taste in, in lilac bed throws. <laughs> if they uh, become a highly desirable you know sought after <laughs> item. <laughs> well, um, I've got a couple of stories I could tell. And, and Helen, I know that you've got some more that uh, you're not really letting on as well. But um, <laughs> perhaps, uh, perhaps one story I will share and, you know, perhaps pushing the boundaries a little bit more risque. Uh, with this uh, this experience is that um, I had a guest who um, was, was on a short stay and they complained that the sink in their ensuite bathroom had collapsed under the marble counter. It's like it was uh, fixed to the marble counter and sunk into it, if you like. Um, they seemed most annoyed about it and they contacted me, you know, wanting it fixed <laughs> quite urgently. And of course, you know, fair enough, the sink had broken. So needless to say, I arranged for my handyman to pop straight over and have a look for them. Um, <laughs> but... When he, when he called me, he said his assessment of uh, how the damage was caused was that the sink had sunk as a result of heavy weight and excess movement being placed on top of the counter. <laughs> it took me a few seconds to realize what he was saying was that they'd probably been having sex on top of the counter, which had caused the sink to become <laughs> detached. Well, either that or they were both climbing up there to clean cobwebs. I don't know. But um uh, we're probably going to go with the – they were probably, you know, doing something they shouldn't have been doing. Oops. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, this quite funny story does bring me to uh, to the point of, of making sure that you've got the right insurance in place uh, to cover breakages and, indeed, theft. Um, and make sure you, in fact, notify your insurer that you are renting a room out at home or, or indeed, you're using it for short-term rental purposes because you might find that you're not f- fully protected if you don't. Uh, and consider taking a deposit, as you've just mentioned, Helen. I'm really pleased that you um, managed to get that sorted out just overnight, actually. Um, but have you know, collect a deposit, maybe have some wording that allows you to recoup the cost of anything that does get lost or damaged or nicked. <laughs> But it's uh, it's not very common, is it, really, to be honest? Uh, but uh, we thought we'd share a couple of stories that we've had just to spice things up a bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think just to put things in co- in context, uh, I don't know what your experience is, but I think certainly with over 100, I think it is, uh, short-term bookings now, um, and these sort of stories that we're talking about now, they're very few and far between, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, one of the biggest game changers um, is kind of moving away from um, naughty stuff in ensuite bathrooms. Uh, one of the biggest game changes of this uh, new sharing economy, or well, maybe we'll stay with it, no, uh, is the ability to advertise your room or your property uh, to a wide variety of people. And, of course, the method of promoting your room or property listing is through what is known as a booking platform. So, so Helen, help, help me out a bit here. Um, how have you found them in, on a practical level um, really dealing with them? So Booking.com, with something like 27 million rooms worldwide and 20 years in business, are raising awareness at the moment that they're providing services for homeowners looking to rent out a room for very short-term lets. And this is a great idea because from our experience, Booking.com provides probably well over 90% of our service accommodation bookings. 
So people often think of Airbnb for service accommodation and they've provided us with a handful of inquiries. But certainly our experience has shown that actually Booking.com brings us far more short-term rental bookings. Uh, TripAdvisor has brought us a few bookings and also seems to be used sometimes by people looking for medium-term rentals. And we've had several inquiries for those through that platform. Uh, I'd say our experience of Booking.com has been really positive. The company systems are pretty intuitive. There seems to be a genuine drive to continuously improve them. So when you go to create a listing, it's it's very easy. You can control your house rules and your booking settings so that your room rental and SA business is actually on your terms. So we did encounter some issues with system clunkiness at the beginning, but that subsided because the Booking.com support team really seems to listen to the hosts and, and they really do continuously improve the system. A big plus for the property owner or host is that because Booking.com is so big, there's always someone on the phone. I mean, we're talking 24-7 um, and someone who speaks your language. I think they, they say they've got something like 41 languages spoken. Uh, and the staff seem to be really well trained, genuinely very helpful. And most of the time can sort out any issue you might have. Hmm. I think it's interesting. I think I have a saying, to be honest, and uh, it goes, you know, pretty much if it passes the Richard can use it test, then it gets my vote. So uh, yeah, <laughs> keep it simple, really, for me. Um, so I like the idea of what technology can bring. You know, I do. In fact, I love the idea of what mm. technology can bring, but it, but it has to be user friendly and intuitive. And um, even I can produce listings on both Airbnb and Booking.com. So, so that's a good start. Um, both, have, <laughs> both have apps that you can use on your phone, allowing you to manage listings and bookings on the go. As you alluded to, Helen, actually, you said you were on holiday as you were dealing with um, uh, a, a, a booking. I know, I think you said you were on the phone, but yeah. I'm pretty sure you were also using the app. Um, but I was. You were. Uh, what I like about the booking.com platform is that we can decide whether to collect uh, payment at the point of booking separately or even upon arrival. Uh, or departure ourselves as we wish. So there's a bit of flexibility around that, which I quite like. And I've also found the level of uh, revenue-based listing improvement suggestion to be more prevalent with Booking.com. They just seem to be more um, interested in your business, if you like. Of course, it's for their own ends as well, because they're going to receive uh, commissions and that kind of thing. But everybody wins, of course, if uh, we increase our, our booking rates and our revenues. So it, it does strike me as being more of a business generation tool uh, rather than just a room listing service. That, that's kind of my feeling for it. So, so Helen, what about you? Have you got any more to add? Yeah. Um, in terms of my practical experience of, of using Booking.com as a host, I find it really easy. So they have um, the Pulse app, which is the Booking.com smartphone app for hosts. You get a, a cheery ka-ching notification sound um, on your phone every time you get a new booking or a message or a review. And that's brilliant. So I can reply to guests immediately, even if I'm out and about. So in, in actual fact, I carried on managing properties while whilst I was on holiday myself last August. It's not too onerous at all uh, by using the app, although taking payment has to be done from my laptop. Um, but one thing I really like 
uh, is the message templates that are available on the Extranet website. Uh, so that makes it really easy to communicate with guests. For those kind of standard emails that you send before, during and after every stay to every guest, it's a doddle. Um, one thing that I really like uh, is that booking.com um, have really thought about how owners can best promote their listings and grow their service accommodation business. We definitely don't get as much help with this from any other platform. Um, I think this is really worthwhile and it certainly helps owners to maximise their earnings. And this is a really big help to newbies in the field in particular, but, you know, it's good for everyone. So in terms of commission, um, I think from our experience, the most expensive and tricky platform to work out commission-wise is TripAdvisor. They kind of charge commission to the owner and the guest and it makes working out, and it's not transparent, so it makes working out special offers or sort of non-standard stay pricing really hard. Um, so if you know, for example, what you need to charge to um, you know, your minimum uh, level of income for a particular period, it's really hard to work out what that will be, what that would be, and tell a prospective guest because it's just not very transparent. So in terms of Airbnb, I think they charge less um, to hosts than Booking.com, but they do charge between 6 and 12% to guests. And I think uh, having looked um, at this subject on the Airbnb community forums, I think some people thought that isn't particularly transparent either. I would say my feeling is that Booking.com's commission charges are fair, uh, bearing in mind the great support they offer uh, and also the sheer scale of their global reach. Yeah, indeed. And I think, um, you know, to add to that, really, pe people often remind me that it's uh, it's all about the money, or maybe I remind them, actually, <laughs> uh, or the business case <laughs> uh, it's, uh, in terms of our property investing. And um, renting out a room or service accommodation is, is no different. Uh, we should do uh, sums and, and see if it all stacks up. But by far the most compelling thing with room rentals is what is known as the occupancy or the utilisation rate, occupancy rate or utilisation rate. And, and top hotels manage to achieve around 70% occupancy with their booking rates and their advertising in, in a, you know, a variety of different places in different ways. So what I particularly like about Booking.com is the sheer scale of their reach. And as Helen's already pointed out, um, you know, this is, uh, is is pretty vast. So in my opinion, if you want to get high occupancy levels for your room, uh, room rental business or service accommodation business, then you absolutely have to be part of the biggest show in town. And that show is booking.com. So I guess in, in, to draw some conclusions, if, if you want to turn your home into an income generating asset, then renting out a room is an excellent way of doing this. And um, as we said at the start, it's it's a great way of dipping your toe into the water and getting going in property, whether or not you want to expand into more formalized short-term lettings uh, or service accommodation as a business uh, or not. Uh, I think we'd all appreciate that renting out a room at home until now has had some potentially limited options with the likes you know, possibly of Airbnb, of course, coming, coming to, to mind. However, with the massive scale and reach and, and its adept marketing engine behind it, Booking.com has now expanded into the homeowner room rental market, which will bring even more visibility to your listings. So if you've been considering renting a room out at home 
or short-term letting or service accommodation more generally, uh, now's the time to do it really. And um, it's Wednesday today and um, Helen assures me that you could have your room ready and listed by the weekend and making you some money. Uh, for, for those of you who, <laughs> is that true? <laughs> it's true. Okay. Do it. Do it today. For those of you who are already planning on using other platforms to rent out space in your home, you can you can go big by creating a profile on Booking.com and maximizing your visibility and indeed your earnings as well. So it's truly a bit of a no-brainer, really. I, you know, just just go to um, join.booking.com to sign up directly. But if you have uh, an issue, uh, I, I tested this site out last night. I don't think you need the www in advance of that. So it's join.booking.com. Uh, you can sign up, but you can just go to booking.com uh, instead. And there's a there's a little uh, button there. It's quite a big button at the top that says list your property. Um, so one of two ways in which you can do that. But hand on heart, um, I suggest having the best possible coverage is essential to drive up those all important occupancy rates that I mentioned earlier. So it just makes sense to have a presence uh, with the biggest platform, as far as I'm concerned, at least. And if, uh, if nothing else, uh, then remember that uh, the more people that see your listing, the more likely you are to have your rooms booked out consistently. So have, as, uh, have your, yourself promoted as widely as possible for sure. So Helen, I just want to thank you so much for joining me today um, and sharing your valuable uh, insights and, and personal experience of the various uh, platforms. It's been a pleasure having you. Oh. Thanks for inviting me, Richard. I've really enjoyed it and hopefully uh, been able to share some useful information for your listeners. I'm sure I'm sure between us we have. So I'll leave it at that. Um, go to the um, we, there's nothing in it for us if you go and join booking.com, by the way, uh, apart from the fact, as I mentioned, the, the content today is being supported by them. But we don't get anything if you sign up, in other words. So just to make that clear. Uh, but thanks again, Helen. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you. there we have it. If you have space at home to rent out a room or you already do rent out rooms on a short-term rental basis then today's show is for you and I'm grateful to Helen for joining me today as she has a lot more hands-on experience specifically using the booking platforms. As for me well I've just completed a renovation in a property that I have in Copacabana in Rio would you believe so I thought I'd put the listing on Wednesday and start earning by the weekend suggestion that Helen made to the test right now as I'm going to list it on uh, list it for rental on booking.com for the peak new year season so I'll let you know how I get on with that. Meanwhile, that's all for this week. And as usual, you can email me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, if you'd like to talk about anything from today's show or more generally in property investing. Also, the show notes will be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. But for now, all I want to say is thank you very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.